Welcome back to Travoltine Presents Easy Riders. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. Not to Roxy Carmichael, but to you, the listener. To our podcast. Yes. Travolting presents the Easy Riders. (laughs) Um, Travolting presents Easy Riders, covering Welcome Home, Roxy Roxy Carmichael. Carmichael. We're welcoming you home to your favorite podcast, hopefully, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, Or just at least one that you listen to. Um, because today we're talking about the 1990. We're in the 90s. Yes, we've entered the 90s. Like I said, Winona, constantly referenced as an 80s icon, was only really in five movies in the 80s. Yeah, but um, the two of the two of those movies are are like, like her totemic vehicles. Yeah, um, yeah. But then you know we are entering the 90s officially um, with this movie, which is very 90s coded. Yeah. Um, this is a very forgotten movie. I, do, I you don't really hear much about this, right? Yeah. Um it's um it's I wouldn't say it's like there's not like much to it. It's kind of um it's like like last week's episode it's kind of a footnote in her career. Yeah. The the one notable thing about this is this is the first time that she gets a role written for her. Yeah. Like every other role including Heather's like she auditioned for those or mm-hmm. like she was picked out cuz the director saw her in a different movie. Yeah. This is a movie that is whole cloth made for Winona Ryder. Yeah. It's um, written by Karen Lee Hopkins, directed by Jim Abrahams, um, who is notable because he's one of the airplane guys. Oh. He directs, um, he co-directs with uh, David and Jerry Zucker, Top Secret, Airplane, Ruthless People. Scary Movie 4. Co-creator. Uh, oh, he wrote Scary Movie he 4. He did write Scary Movie 4. Co-creator of the Naked Gun um, trilogy. He did Police Squad. Nah, which is the Naked Gun initial? Not a thing. lot. I only have eleven movies in his in his IMDb. Yeah, but they're all like kind up until the end. They're all like kind of iconic hor- uh, comedies of the age. Because like you still like including the ones he wrote, it's like Kentucky Fry Movie, Airplane, Top Secret, Ruthless People, Naked Gun, Big Business, Hot Shots, Hot Shots Two, Mafia, Scary Movie. Yeah, um, and then also some involvement in the Naked Gun sequels um, and Police Squad show. And it's just kind of funny that this is slotted in in the middle there. Because almost all of those movies are kind of have a long cultural tale to this day. But this one does not. This is kind of his one flop forgotten movie. Yeah. Um, amidst that kind of, you know, big run. Is it a big flop? Like, I, I mean, not to jump into post It's a big tech, flop. Because I, I didn't recognize this movie. I have not seen this movie. Just kind of. This movie... Um, it, no one really talks about it when it comes out. It's kind of um, thro- uh, thrown aside, um, Winona-wise, because she has Edward Scissorhands and Mermaids coming out in just like a month and a half from this. Yeah, right, right. So this is kind of the the one that they just toss out to try and, you know, leash off of that success. Sure, yeah. Um, as I've been doing for the show so far, I have been reading this Winona Ryder biography, and there's really not much about this movie in it, um, aside from the fact that, like, she gets attached to this movie when she is like sixteen. Wow. Um, it's like they're like, we're gonna write a movie for you. And she's like, great, I'd love that. And in the ensuing two years uh, between her agreeing to be in this movie, she does Heather's, 
She does great balls of fire. You know, her career really takes off. Because this is coming from the uh, the Beetlejuice like hit. Yes, yeah, basically coming right after Beetlejuice. Um, um, and she's like, "This is great. I'm gonna get a movie written for me." And, you know, it's like after two years, her career is very different. Right. Yeah. Very different. Um, and she's not particularly interested in the story anymore or this movie. She's not like because this is very much like her very 80s movie i would say uh, yeah she had felt like she was like too old to play this role at this point um which i think is kind of accurate it's interesting yeah because she's 18 playing a like um a, like a four she seems like the character seemed 15 in this movie essentially yeah um but she couldn't turn it down because they made the movie for her so she kind of i don't want to say she does this begrudgingly yeah because i think she puts a lot of soul into this character but this isn't really a movie she's compelled by and doesn't really talk about that much. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, they wrote it for me. I did it. It was fine. Didn't no real impact. Dead mermaids and Edward Scissorhands come down. My career is exploding. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Exploding. Um, in her personal life, the, the big change that's happening is this is the first movie she's filming in her relationship with Johnny Depp. Mm, uh, the yeah. two of them start dating in between Great Balls of Fire in this movie. Yeah. Um, he's on 21 Jump Street at the time and she's working on this movie. So they're separated yeah. during most of the process. Are they working on the same like film lot? Um, no, they're working in different parts of the country. Because this movie is set in Clyde, Ohio. And it's it actually filmed, filmed in Clyde, Clyde Ohio. Ohio. As yeah. well as Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah. Um, which is where, um, what's that theme park called that's there? Uh, Cedar Point. Cedar Point. Yeah. Um, yeah, big roller coaster park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's dating Johnny Depp. It's her first like real relationship. She was in uh, dating Christian Slater for two years. Or two weeks. Um, two weeks but uh, yeah <laughs> but doesn't quite greetings count. and salutations greetings and salutations <laughs> you do it so much better um, it's because I'm a nasty little freak <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but no yeah. she um, they, they filmed this movie in Clyde, Ohio um, they're separated but they it's really they become like the tabloid sensation yeah. during this movie yeah. and it doesn't affect this movie because it ends up affecting Edward Scissorhands obviously because they're both in that movie yeah um, her, you know, even though she's not compelled, she still wants to do her due diligence for the role. Mm-hmm. She does her little like collecting items bit for Dinky. Uh, her character's name in this movie is Dinky for some fucking reason. Um, because uh, she's stinky. <laughs> yeah, they call her stinky. Like obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's a joke I was gonna say, but it's way too mean to the real person. I can't say it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it's about someone who I've met. That's oh. a very funny name. Oh. Um. That's a uh, rude way to talk about Cole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, check me out on the Above the Title podcast for my four-hour episode I, on Saving Mr. Banks. It's not a real podcast. I've never heard of it. <laughs> not even sure um, it exists. But her, her big appeal to this character is she did find Dinky a very practical character, mm-hmm. which kind of sounds like a thing an actor says when they don't really fully know what else to say about the character. But um, yeah. I guess I guess Dinky's practical. She has a bunch of animals she lives with. Well, it just seems very much like we wrote, wrote a movie for you, yeah. Winona from Beetlejuice. Yes. She's like, oh, what's the role? It's like, well, remember in Beetlejuice, you're playing an, you're outside, an outsider, outcast who kind of had a weird gothic like personification. Yeah. Well, in this one, you're an outcast, you're an outsider, and you're kind of mm-hmm. like a tomboy, essentially. Yeah. It's very much in like tomboyish like uh, yeah. appearances. Yeah. Um. That's probably all I have in terms of context for the movie. Do you want to just delve into it? Jeff Daniels is in this movie. Jeff Daniels is in this movie. He looks great. Yeah. More like Jeff Daddy. 
Um, yeah, I say we just get right into it because there's context, but there's context that'll be filled in with the plot. Yeah, yeah. the context is, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of a nothing movie. Not as bad as um as last week's um, as last week's, but yeah, Great Balls of Fire. There's not too much to say here, right? Um, because the main issue with this movie is that it's so predictable. It basically tells you how the entire plot's going to go in the first five minutes. Yeah, and then you're just waiting for this very obvious thing to happen. Yeah, that all the characters have all the like the the clues to also figure out. Yeah, and then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and you're like, all right, come on, let's like let's get to the let's chase. Get let's to cut it. to it. Let's cut to it. Yeah. And then you're just you just sit there frustrated for about eighty minutes of this ninety minute movie. Right. And then it um, ends. And it's not that this movie is necessarily bad. Um, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a respectable five or six out of ten. If I were to, I put, I put it like five or six. Yeah, same. five or six. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's, competently made, yeah, well yeah, yeah. A- well acted. Yeah. There's just not much to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a strong six. I give it a strong six it's like for eating, the performances. It's like alone. a cheeseburger movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, chicken strips. Or I shouldn't. What do you say? It's like a McDonald's cheeseburger movie. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Not a Gordon Ramsay like, burger movie. It's kind of like empty calories. You enjoyed it in the process, but you're not getting anything out of it. Yeah. Um, right. First sequence in this movie is um, a little bit of flashback. We got a flashback 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, we get Roxy Carmichael. Young Roxy. Roxy Carmichael. Fun fact. Um, you know who's playing real, Young Roxy in, in this no. scene? Carla Gugino. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. This is early Carla Gugino. That is actually very fun. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know who's playing Young Jeff Daniels in this scene. It's a guy named Rob King. Rob King. No, no. Does, does yeah. I don't think I, I haven't looked at his IMDb, so maybe he's an Oscar winner, but no, he's gotcha. not. <laughs> I'm just looking at it. Looks like he mostly went into stunts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, he might have just been a stunt guy. They're like they're standing. They're like, yeah, get in there. Yeah. So, um, but Roxy has a baby, and she's leaving town. Yeah, we see her room, which is decorated all in pink yeah. uh, colors. We're building a lot of this background lore into Roxy. She has a lot of this this pink stuff in her room, but she goes the the young Bob Denton. Yeah, who's the Jeff Daniels character? We'll later find out. Um, um, and her have a baby, and she is determined to leave town. Um, she wants to go find her way in the world. Sorry, Denton Webb. That's his, that's and the character name. She's leaving him with the baby, yeah. and she's like, "Just give it to someone who will take care of it." Yeah. Um, and that's based. That's essentially that's, the extent of the scene. She leaves. Yeah. We cut 15 years in the future, and that's where we meet. Went on a rider. Um, Dinky Bassetti, a normal name that real people have. Yes. Um, <laughs> Dinky Bassetti. She's kind of just like a. I don't want to say messy, but like messy goth kid. I was. You know? I mean. I feel like tomboy is kind of like yeah. the, the right uh, uh, characteristic. Her her hobbies are building uh, Noah's Ark along the bank of the uh, of Lake Michigan or yeah. Lake Erie, um, and herding animals into it. Yeah, some injured animals that she finds along the yeah. way There's that like she calls her friends. Some pigs, a goat. I don't know where all these things a couple come dogs, from. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but she's riding her bike. She's clearly an outsider because she no. gets bullied. We got this, if you don't like what you see, take a look away from me song. Yeah. Um, very much like 80s movie where the song just describes the plot that yeah. you're watching. Very much so. Um, and, you know, at this point, you're basically immediately like, okay, she's the baby from the opening scene. But then you start yeah. being like, as, you know, the next few minutes progress, it kind of becomes obvious that it's like, 
Oh no. Well, the... they wouldn't tell us that she's the baby. <laughs> right. You you know right away that oh, the twist is going to be she's not the baby. She's not the baby. Yeah. If you think I'm spoiling the movie. No, no, no. This is like 5 minutes in the movie yeah. when you the audience have made up your minds yeah. about it. <laughs> because it's it's too obvious it's that she's the baby. So obvious, yeah. And that things are going to, you know, all solve like sort themselves out. Yeah. That when her as, mom comes home as an like, audience member who watches movies, it's so obvious like, okay, she's not the baby. Right. That's going to be the hard lesson of life she has to learn at the end of this movie. Right. Um, and she hasn't even externalized this. That she thinks her yeah, mom you can is just, Roxy. Just like it's the mo- the movie is such basic language. That you're just like, yeah, this is clearly how this movie's going to yeah. go. But she's driving her bike through town and we see the town decorated up. Yeah. For um, welcome, welcome home, home Roxy, Roxy Carmichael, Carmichael Day. This person who is famous. I, what I do like about the movie is they never quite establish yeah. what she's famous for. Yeah, at one point he she asks, what is she famous for? And they don't even give you an answer. Because he says, like, well, she was, is me- like, rock, like, what's she famous for? She was mentioned in one of these guys' songs. And she's like, okay, well, what else? Like, you're she's, not famous from that alone. She's just kind of this, like, amorphous local celebrity type. Yeah. You never see her face. Um, it's kind of like me in Huntington. Yeah, yeah it's like you and you and Huntington, <laughs> Indiana. Amorphous local celebrity. They don't. They don't have uh, welcome home, Stuart Elmore Day. <laughs> but she not yet. She's apparently given the town a lot of money to build a beauty and cosmetology school. Yeah. Um, and um, they have like a little museum for her in her old house. We get a, a scene with Stephen Tobolowski, who we talked about last week in Great Balls of Fire, who's the mayor of the town. Yeah. He's like, it's Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, Carmichael Day. Day. Yeah. Do you, have you been to the Walt Disney original house in Illinois? Um, I have, Or in Chicago, I should say. I have not. So here's, I have been to, um, it's funny that we brought this up because I, I did that other podcast talking so much about Disney about, history. Oh. I have been to the Walt Disney family home in Missouri. Oh. Um, and Marceline, which is the basis for Main Street USA, um, in the theme parks. Yeah. Um, and then I've been to Disney Studios in LA, um, but I weirdly live ten minutes away from his. I'll say my home in Chicago, and I've never been there. Um, former guest on the show, Angelica Rosa, who's also my girlfriend, where she used to live. She was like two blocks away. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, to, from I, the Walt Disney childhood home. I need to just go there one day, just to like say I did it's it. It's a house. It's a house. <laughs> That's all it is. Just a house. Like just drive by it, just yeah. to, just to do it. Yeah, they're they're opening a Disney 100 exhibit in Chicago. Yeah, I saw this that. Week. Maybe I'll go to that and then go to the yeah, house afterward. Maybe sounds fun. Um, sounds like a fun day. But it's kind of similar in that vein with Roxy Carmichael. Yes. That they have her ha- childhood house on display. Yes. Um, and so, but but we start with the auditorium in school. I, well, I think it's school. Yes. Because there's a lot of students there. And Roxy walks in, like, kind of befuddled, like she's yeah. late. Clearly, we get right away that dinky. she's... Dinky. sorry. Uh, dinky, not Roxy. Put some respect on that Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Roxy Jr., apparently. Yeah. Uh, but Dinky, who walks in, and immediately we get the vibe she's being bullied, and she yep. looks over at one of the boys who is with the jocks, I should say. This boy will come in later. This is uh, Thomas Wilson Brown yep. playing Gerald Howells. Yes, who is not important to the movie, in spite of the movie constantly insisting he is. Right. Um, it's it's like a relationship that just has no that makes no impact. In- no, I wish it did, but it didn't because. The ne- this this whole opening is basically just establishing how isolated she feels in her community. Her yeah. only friends are animals. Yeah. Um. Her parents 
her she's adopted and her adopted parents don't like her very much. Yeah, Graham cons- Beckel playing Les Bassetti and Francis Fisher playing Rochelle Bassetti. Yes. Francis Fisher is a face you probably recognize yes. in other movies. Um she notably is the mom in Titanic. Yes. Or Rose's mom in Titanic. Yeah. Um she plays a lot of disapproving moms. She does. She does kind of she I, does. Not to be disrespectful, <laughs> but she does kind of have that face. Uh, yeah. Um, that like kind of just looks disapproving. Yeah. Um but they're both can, trying to ship her off to essentially a boarding school. Yeah. Because um, she is an outsider. She doesn't socialize with them. She gets them. into a lot of trouble. Yeah. And so, but they're all celebrating Welcome Home Roxy Carmichael Day as soon. She's going to come into town. It's going to be a great celebration, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, but she has determined, because she's adopted, um, yeah, that she's Roxy a, Carmichael is, is her, her mother. Mo- mo- yeah, mother. Um, and that when Roxy comes to town, she's going to take Dinky away. Yes. Important note is that Dinky is very good at school. She gets consistent A's. Yeah. Um, she just had, doesn't have any good relations with her students or teachers. Yeah. There's one thing to note that is a thread that passes uh, infrequently throughout this movie is we get cuts to what w- the movie's telling us is Roxy, Roxy. Carmichael. Yeah. With the first one being very... Uh, like... I get what the movie's trying to do, but I was, it was, I don't know. It's a nudity shot. Yeah. It's a woman who's completely nude. Jumping into a pool. Jumping into a pool. We only see her backside, Um, but she jumps into a pool, gets out, walks into her home, um, and she lives in a big, bigger house with a pool in her backyard. Like, it's getting, it's getting us to kind of get familiar with this, like, figure known as Roxy Carmichael. Yeah. Who, can I just say who it is, like, movie-wise, who plays it? Uh, played by Ava Fabian, who's a Playboy girl. Oh uh, yeah, like that's and, and if that goes to show, like you could almost look that up in advance. Granted, I know IMDb wasn't yeah. a thing in the '80s or '90s, but yeah. like, had you known going into the movie, like, oh, like this apparently important figure is played by a Playboy yeah. girl. They want her to just be this like platonic ideal of like what you like of escaping your hometown. Yeah, um, is kind of the idea. Right, that like you can, you two can look beautiful and swim in a pool and live have in a jewelry, mansion. yeah, have people fawn over you, yes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it is a smart choice in the movie to never show her face. Yeah, I think. right, I um, agree. Like it's it's a good detail. There's actual directorial intent in that. Yeah, um, the movie just never delves much further into that. It doesn't finish that thought. It doesn't yeah. finish that thread. Um, cause a thread that I also really liked in this movie bouncing around a little yeah. bit is that just like with Dinky's role of having something that she feels like she had something with Roxy that she wants to get back. Yes. And that's a lot of other people in the town. Yeah. Everybody in the town has a really had, had a relationship or I should say has a relationship with Roxy. Yeah. Um, it's an unfinished thought much like very much so. like yeah. if you made a movie with this specific idea that is just about you know someone was able to escape their hometown and is now coming back and everyone's kind of grappling with the emotions of this the person, person got away back. and was a major success what was life like with them yeah i think that there's a movie there it's a great two-thirds of a thought yes it's fantastic two-thirds of an idea but you have to finish and, it <laughs> I do think this movie takes a like kind of the right end approach to it in that it mm-hmm. leaves it unsatisfying. Yeah. But I don't know what it is, but there's something unsatisfying about the unsatisfaction. Like it doesn't feel earned. Yeah. Right. 
because it doesn't it doesn't hit home for as much for other people as it does with Dinky because mm-hmm. we don't see that dissatisfaction with Denton. We don't see the dissatisfaction with um who are the the two uh is it like I there there are some movies where the idea of the movie is that the ending is not satisfying. Like Evelyn and Libby. Yeah. It very two like very low key characters that just kinda hint more towards the sense they're 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 two uh lesbian lovers. Mm-hmm. Um or at least maybe they're not lovers, maybe they're just kind of friends with benefits, maybe. It's the implication. But it's there's a scene where it's like um they it presumed that they had sex prior to the night and yeah. I think it's Libby who asked Evelyn it's like well how was it and she says she's kind of quiet she's like not Roxy isn't it it's like yeah. no not Roxy so it just builds that world of this like mythos this mythos Roxy. that there's a lot of people waiting for Roxy to come but what the movie doesn't do to finish that unsatisfaction is where's Evelyn's reaction where's yeah. Denton's reaction where's we don't get to everybody's see reaction how what what that impact. answer everyone gets when just Roxy dinky. does not come back right just dinky which in dinky's resolve is not finished either yeah you get a reaction but then that reaction doesn't fall into a but then this happens yeah we like, get an epilogue scene and that's it that's it um because the the one friend that dinky does develop in the movie or two i guess is jeff daniels yeah who was roxy's boyfriend the guy who in the in the earlier um flashback and she has a weird relationship with him where she just i don't know if they've met before because she just keeps coming up to and asking him questions about roxy carmichael yeah and then she determines that he must be her father right um and then he's like no i'm not that baby died yeah um and then the other friend she develops is the guidance counselor at the school that uh, that is the most frustrating one yeah. Because that's um, the one that builds up to, like, what we think is going to be the twist, right? Yes. Which, well, I'll just say it now. I think that, I thought this movie was building us up to being like, oh, no, it's the guidance counselor that's her mother. Mm-hmm. And that that's going to be the resolution. I actually didn't get that. You didn't? I was, the vibe I was getting with, especially with this character, is that she, um, that Roxy's not going to be her mom. Um, but I was getting that she finds like a, a surrogate mom in the guidance counselor in the guidance counselor, and that Jeff Daniels becomes her surrogate dad. See, I it was just which the, does kind of happen. It kinda, but it doesn't really hit the it doesn't hit the home plate. It only gets the third base, but it doesn't go to all the home run for it for me mm-hmm. because for me, I'm watching and I'm thinking like, okay, why is this guidance counselor so persistent with Dinky? Like she is constantly that missing motherly figure for her. That almost seems like she's sad about something as Dinky's talking about all her yeah. things. And I'm like, is this somebody who is like a mom who missed out on their child growing up and now wants to reconnect and doesn't know how to like bring it up to them? Like, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm your mom. Like, and then there was a shiver of a thought that quickly vanished with a lot of the Roxy scenes where I was like, is she Roxy? But mm-hmm. she's under like a coat. But then people would see her and recognize her. Yeah. So I don't get what this movie's trying to do with the superintendent. Like, because in like typical eighties fashion, the 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 story would be like the soup the guidance counselor. She develops a relationship with. Her. She's the one person who understands her, and then the guidance counselor adopts her at the end. Yeah. Like that's how you would Matilda. Expect, that's Matilda. how you'd expect this movie yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, it doesn't exactly happen, but she does kind of find some surrogate mother effect in that character. Yeah. Um. Then the third relationship she has for most of the movie is this kid Gerald, who you mentioned. Yeah, 
who's like love her, interest yeah who's like her on again off again love interest who kind of has a crush on her but doesn't want to get bullied by their kids because of it but then ends up fixing her arc um well he ends up like giving into like not caring about what the other folks yeah. feel because that the way the movie shows that is he gets braces Yeah, he gets braces because jeff daniels tells him if you care about her go do something nice for her Buy her some chocolates. Buy her some flowers. Just something nice. He gets braces. And early in the movie, she had been like, you should get braces. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. Um, Which is kind of cute. That is like a nice, like... Yeah. That's how kids think. You're right. right. Um, and it's his way of being like, I don't care what kids think about me, that I like you. Like, mm. Which is an arc of some kind. Yeah. But I just... I mean, we're bouncing around through the movie, but I really do feel like... Because this movie doesn't really have a plot. Yeah, it's... A, it's she has the three central relationships that develop that yeah. develop um, slowly. Right. There's a lot of scenes of just people, you know, I'm, I saw scenes of people talking in every movie, but it's like really just scenes of people talking um, about nothing. Um, building to this climax where Ro- Roxy is supposed to come back. Right. But like with the two women or like the one Evelyn, I want to say yeah. it's Evelyn who had the relationship with Roxy and yeah. then it's Denton, uh, Jeff Daniels. See, that's the thing. It's like what I just mentioned with Evelyn, who is having this relationship with another woman, but mm. she can't quite fill that hole that Roxy left with her. Yeah. Same thing with Denton, who was the guy who had yeah. the child with Roxy. Roxy then left, and he has all these memories yeah. of her. And the town even t- knows that he was her lover. Yeah. Because they're and like, oh, are you feeling weird that Roxy's coming back? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking and about. And his marriage collapses. He, his marriage, and he has Because he kids. keeps going to Roxy Carmichael's house and just sitting outside and looking at it. And there's even a scene where he has a bunch of unsent written letters yeah. to Roxy. Like, he, he clearly has, like, this yeah. this missing part of himself. Like, these are all interesting. But the movie doesn't. Things to, like explore but there's no resolution there's a really interest i like movies that are about like a place yeah like just you expand out and like just kind of get the psychosis and the psychology of a town right and like and almost every time that a movie tries to do it i end up disappointed um great example is the sixth nightmare on elm street movie it's called freddy's dead it's maybe one of the most interesting takes i've seen for a horror movie that does nothing with it the pitch is like, what would a town look like after dealing with Freddy Krueger for 20 years? <laughs> and it's like, just like abandon. Everyone's traumatized. There's no kids in the town. All these parents have had their kids murdered by Freddy Krueger. Wow. And I'm like, that's a cool pitch for a movie. Like what does, but then let me guess. Freddy comes back. Yeah. Freddy comes back and he just like yeah. terrorizes some kids who stumble into the town. Yeah. Does that. But like a movie like that or a movie like this, if it is just like, really delved into the psychology of like what did this person leaving and finding success and kind of the wreckage they left in their wake yeah because we never really get any knowledge about what roxy was like in this town we just she she's so amorphous and right shapeless because the movie thinks it's being clever by being like you'll never really get to see the full roxy and it's like but we kind of need a little bit yeah we i i think it's smart for the movie to never show her but at the same time these people have to talk about Roxy in a real way. They can't in a talk. real way. Yeah, they can't be like, yeah, you know, we had a thing, and then like seemingly that's traumatized them for the past fifteen years. Right, exactly. Like, what do you? What, tell me you, more. You have to pick a lane. Can we just get to the end? I mean, I think we are. I think end. we are at the end, but like because she she develops this relationship with these three characters, and then at the end she dresses up really nice. Yeah, um, and decides to go to the Roxy Carmichael 
event to meet her mother. Yeah. Which is not her mother. And then a limo limousine pulls up. Everyone's celebrating. They're like, here yeah. comes Roxy. And then the driver comes out, hands a package and a letter to the mayor. And then they're like, unfortunately, due to prior circumstances, I'm unable to attend this event. Everyone's like, oh, no. But here's a dedication plaque. Right. And and then Roxy then goes for the limousine and she gets stopped by Jeff Daniels, yeah. who finds out earlier that he, that Roxy thinks he's her dad and Roxy's yeah. her mom. And he's like, oh, she's got that all wrong. Cut to her trying to get to the limousine. Jeff Daniels stops her. Gerald shows up. Yeah. And he's like braces. And 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 he's like stop stop it's like she's not your mom not your dad it's like of course you guys are of course you guys are it's like no no no. you don't understand the baby died yeah there's no way it's like the, it's like i went to visit the baby when it got picked up at the hospital and it had died mm. and i do want to say that this movie is winona is really giving a performance in this movie she's not phoning it in so is Jeff Daniels. Yes. So is the uh, I I should yeah. know her name, but the the guidance counselor. But um, she, she, I want to emphasize Winona not only because she's a subject of the show, but she's really selling the heartbreak in this scene. Layla Robbins plays Elizabeth Zacks. Yes. Who's the guidance counselor? Yeah, they're all charming performances. But Hell, even the two women are doing yeah. a pretty good job. I think there's no bad performance in this movie. Yeah. Everyone's fine. Um, but Winona at the end here really does sell this heartbreak. Yeah. Um, and. She really gets at what the movie is missing, which is that you need to understand how crushing this is for the entire town. Yeah. That Roxy didn't show up and wasn't able to alleviate this trauma. They just have to continue to live with it. Yeah. You Uh, mentioned you like movies that are about a place. I like movies that are about people trying to find their origins. Yeah. And come to disappointing conclusions. Yeah. But have to find alternative. That's always kind of. From that. That unsatisfying satisfaction is always good in a movie yeah yeah the classic like you're adopted you're trying to find who your parents are Mm -hmm. you never quite figure out the answer but you learn that the family that you had all along was a family you needed well something like that in 2017 there were two big blockbusters that i think really exemplified that point and Mm -hmm. it was blade runner 2049 yeah and star wars the last jedi yeah both of those movies are about a person who thinks that they're much more important than they are searching for their like parents and their origin yeah ryan gosling in the movie finds out he is not the son of rick deckard Right. Um, he's just a robot who happened to discover a conscience by accident. He's not important. Yeah. And that movie is um, so special in how it ends with him acknowledging that he's not important. Yeah. And he's just a footnote in this. And that's how he becomes important. Ray, who thinks her parents were somebody of massive yeah. importance and then comes to the conclusion that they were nobody. Yeah, they were just drunks. Yeah. Um, they sold her off for drinking money. Um, but that yeah. she is able to determine her own reality. The She's not defined by her parents. And then we will not talk, we'll about, not talk about the next We'll one. not talk about the next movie. And this movie kind of t- toes up to that line where it's like she doesn't have to be defined by Roxy. She Dinky is her own. I can't believe we have to keep saying Dinky. Uh, <laughs> it Dinky, really is bothersome. Yeah, it is bothersome. <laughs> Dinky is her own person. Yeah. And she can choose who she wants to be, mm-hmm. which is just by having a boyfriend at the end. Yeah. Um, that's, that's like her big choice is she starts dating. Gerald and then Jeff Daniels burns all his letters and his wife comes back after he like threw things at her yeah um but then where does the, what does the guidance counselor do I guess continues being a guidance but counselor. there's no but right yeah, there's, there's no, no resolution fo- there's no follow-up scene to that of like I know you were yeah. thinking Roxy was your mother and I'm sorry but just know that I'll always be yeah. here for you because that does scene does not exist you in this need movie. something at the end of this movie that shows like the town is moving on um, these yeah. people are moving on. You get that with Jeff Daniels burning the letters, but I don't. We don't know why his wife came back. Did he just call her and apologize? I don't know. I don't know. Um, There's no scene. There's no scene. Um, 
Bra- uh, Dinky. Dinky's the only one who gets semi-satisfying. Barely. And then, yeah, and it's just like, well, now she just has a boyfriend, which is nice. That's I'm glad that like she well, her, finds her, friends. Her real, her adopted parents, like, she has a good scene with her adopted father. Yeah. Because he, like, knocks on the door and she hands him, like, a bow yeah. that she made or something. Like, it's sort of like they're fixing that. Yeah. They're getting closer, like, breaking down the walls. Yeah, she she learns to accept her real parent or her adopted parents because she now knows she doesn't have a real parent. Because like she lo- always usually locks herself in a room and it's all black and it's yeah. a scene where it's like after they had kind of revealed like, hey, we're gonna send you to boarding school and she's like, no, 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 I'm gonna go with my mom, yeah. Roxy, and they're like, what are you talking about? And then the scene right before she goes to Roxy Carmichael Day, there's new carpet put yeah. in her room. I left the scene because it's black carpet. The, yeah. The 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 adopted father put it in on himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, he knocks on door. He's like, do you like the carpet? I put it in. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like, so, you know, you really gave us a scare there. Cause she went missing yeah. with the blah, blah. And then she just opens the door, creases it open, hands in the bow, closes yeah. it. And he kind of walks away, but it's a very, I don't know. I like that scene. Cause even prior to that, when she's missing, mm-hmm. I say when she's missing, she went on a mall shopping spree with the superintendent yes. and didn't tell anybody. So the foster parents uh, think that she's been abducted, or that something. she's been abducted or something. She ran away. And so like, there's like one little scene where she, you know, the, the mother, the adopted mother, um, uh, whatever mm-hmm. her name is. I'm sorry. I forget. She's like, well, maybe Roxy will come back. Like, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And the dad is like, She's our daughter. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go find her. Yeah. I like the note of hope that the movie ends on that, like, Roxy's or Dinky, Dinky is going to figure this all out. Um, That's nice. Yeah. It's charming. I like to leave char- young characters, you know, with optimism. Yeah. But, you know, there's, if you're going to put all these elements into a movie, you have to follow through on them. Yeah, and it's it's a very frustrating movie. Yes, frustrating because it had the two thirds of a good idea. It's frustrating because it's not bad, right? And you can't just discount that. You're like, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, I just wish that there was more to it. Yeah, it doesn't fully come together. Yeah. Um, that's really all I have to say yeah. about this. Movie. One thing I I do have one question about this movie. Yeah, I the movie never actually elaborates how she figured out. Or determine that she was Rocky Carmichael's daughter in the first place. I I have an I have an internal theory, but because at the beginning of the movie she already suspects it. Yeah. But then later Jeff Daniels is like, yeah, Roxy had a baby 15 years ago. And then it has that whole reveal yeah. thing but to it's like, her. How was she suspecting it at the start? At the start, what? Nothing. Oh. I so for me it's like I I think it's a kind of a a, a common thing with a lot of adoptive children mm-hmm. is they especially in small towns where. You hear about someone of great stature. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna bring the, I'm gonna bring up a very weird example. Yes. How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character, who and there's an arc in the in one of the seasons where he thinks Bob Barker is his dad. Yeah, and it's just because he watches Bob Barker on TV all the time, mm. and his mom, who in the comedic sense of the show is a drunk. He's yeah. a drunk who's very neglectful. So he's like, Bob Barker, like he looks cool. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I he's your father <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and so he grows up his whole life thinking Bob Barker's his father. And when he goes to the price is right, talks to Bob Barker and he has this whole thing where he thinks as his real dad. And then it gets revealed that he isn't his real dad. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Point of which is, is I do think it's kind of like um, there's a lot of movies that use this kind of uh, trope, I would say, where kids who grew up without their parents or parent, i.e. adopted or whatever, 
kind of attach that symbol onto somebody of great stature, you know, because mm-hmm. you never want to believe that your parents gave you up because they didn't want you. The part, the part of it is, is you want to think that your parents gave you up because they went on to live like they had bigger things to do. And that somehow feels easier mm-hmm. than your parents just didn't want you. Yeah. If your dad went off to like gave you up for adoption because he had to go save the world, then you can stomach that easier than they just didn't want you. Sorry, I went on a really serious no. tangent with that one, but that's kind of my inter- internal. I probably because I carry a lot of that from yeah. like past movies and stuff that I've seen that has that same trope. There's lots of tropes that have that, where it's like you know you have the character who doesn't know who their parents are and they attribute them to like these yeah. massive things, like Ray in Episode Eight. Yeah, she doesn't outright say I think Han is my dad. Yeah, or Luke is or my Luke dad. is my dad. But the but Episode Eight kind of has she's looking for that. She's looking for that. She's looking for any hint or motif that could lead her to think. Yeah, because there there have been instances of people. Um, just kind of assigning celebrities as their parents. And, yeah, right. You know, they have to get restraining orders. It's not good. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But episode seven, when she's able to like find the carbonator of the Millennium yeah. Falcon in front of Han, like yeah. you know, that's I like found a the compressor. The compressor. That's bo- what no, it is. bypass the compressor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, little bits like that. Weird movie. Weird movie. Frustrating because. You're right. We yeah. can't just discount it. Yeah. It's got some good bits. There's no bad performance. Jeff Daniels does really good. Yeah, Jeff, Daniels, I, Jeff Daniels is a good actor. In. He's a good actor. Good actor. Locked in. Um, movie comes out. Um, no one sees it. Yeah. It makes like $4 million on a $12 million budget. Oofta. Um, big Oofta. flop. But it's a big flop that doesn't really affect it doesn't have an impact, yeah. Yeah, because Winona has Edward Scissorhands and Mermaids immediately after this. Yeah. She's no one's fine. even thinking about this movie. Um, it's just like the kind of the fun side note to her 1990 people are like yeah she was in all these big movies and then also this one she's gonna be fine yeah she'll be fine Um, she gets some good notices for this movie but not many because not many people see it right Um, yeah that's, a, that's about the extent of the impact because it doesn't have one well um I have nothing else to say. I'm yeah, good. I, I don't have anything else to say about this movie either. Um, thank you for listening to it. Um, it. It is, you know, if you're, if you watch it, if it's on cable, it's worth watching. Yeah. But don't, I wouldn't recommend seeking it out. Yeah. Um, I'm happy Winona, you know, got the opportunity to have a role written for her at this stage. Um, even if she is not as happy about it as I am, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she does the movie. Um, and next week we'll be talking about her big success in 1990, um, the movie that continues to solidify her her in this like major status. Yeah. Um, and I can and that movie is Edward Scissorhands. Snip, 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 snip. Yep. Um, that's gonna be a fun one. We're hopefully gonna be joined by a cool guest for that. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode on Rox- Welcome Home, Rocks and Carmichael. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting, travoltingpodcast at gmail.com. You find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. I'm on Instagram. You know where. Yeah. Um, and special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Sweeney for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegen-Smith for the theme music that's now sending you out. Have a great week, folks. Have a great week.